0: Okay, balls, 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velisi podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. So I actually forgot to mention it last week, but about two weeks ago, my bottle of Nuka rum arrived. Way, way back. I talked about the Nuka rum on an episode. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore today because on YouTube, I actually made a full-blown video. I don't plan to like shift into videos full time, but if you go to YouTube and search for podcast, you should be able to find the video, which gives you the background to the Rum. So if you've actually heard that episode, you might want to skip like the first half of that video. And the latter half has me actually doing the unboxing and opening. Uh, it's amusing primarily because... I'm clearly disappointed before I even start and it just gets worse as the video progresses. Uh, and also, I got hit in the face, so my eyes are really gross. If you're interested in the conclusion of the Nuka Rum adventure, go to YouTube, Velocity Podcast. you can see that video. So core question, does vaping hurt you? Um, the human body was designed to take in oxygen and expel carbon dioxide. This is really a weird question because I'm assuming the question asker is hoping, because I bet they already vape, I bet they're hoping that saying no, vaping is safe. Now, it has been proven that vaping is relatively safer than smoking, the problem is because it's cool, people are adopting it more and more, and their justification is it's better than smoking. But that's like saying heroin is better than crack cocaine. It is technically true. I guess I, I don't actually know whether, which one's worse. But let's just say for the premise that that is correct. But the one you're doing that is less bad is still bad for you. I would actually ask the question this way and see what the answer. Does taking in smoke or a toxic substance in any form, is that bad for you? Because the answer is very obvious. Yes, a cloud of smoke. And again, probably people who vape are going to say that the smoke is different, but it's still basically smoke. Does taking in smoke into your lungs, is that bad for you? The answer is obviously yes, because we're not supposed to breathe in smoke. Otherwise, we would live in a smoky environment all the time. But there is, of course, the important thing to remember that blowing a massive sweet cloud of cotton and doing some 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 gnarly vape tricks like blowing a ring i mean it is totally worth the damage to your body should you get cancer or other sort of lung issues down the line that is absolutely worth it if you've just blown the biggest cloud that anyone's ever seen if you have made a circle of smoke that you personally can jump through i mean death sure whatever okay core question why is obama's hair Almost completely gray, while Trump's hair is more of a younger blonde. Isn't Trump much older than Obama? This is just honestly amazing to me. This was one of the most beautifully crafted questions I've ever seen on Quora. I enjoyed it the instant I read it because clearly Trump's quote, younger blonde color hair is not natural. And it's also really clear that he's doing something really weird to cover up the bald spots. But the desperation, the stretch the question writer is trying to make to make this sound legitimate. And again, the bias, the apparent bias that's already clear and present within the question is amazing. Yes, Obama's hair turned gray over the eight years he was president. And that's because it's a very stressful job. If you look at any president in the before and afters, they took the presidency, it is always a significant change. It's always quite shocking. And having African-American Genetics means that when his Obama's hair turns from black to gray, it's going to be very noticeable. Trump, on the other hand, being a white dude, his already whitish hair with, again, some kind of coloring in it, even if that changes, it's not going to be as noticeable. It's so sad that they tried so hard to make Trump seem somehow more vibrant than obama because you remember the pictures of obama after his presidency when he was like kite surfing and stuff you can't imagine president trump doing anything honestly physically active they show him playing golf and i've seen the picture of him in tennis shorts but he clearly has never run more than a few feet in his life one of the things i would like to see and this is a horrible thing is not an actual attempt on his life but a supposed attempt on his life where he has to run away where he actually has to run for his life. And I would love to see how far he gets before he collapses. They've given up on him being in sort of an intellectual wonder. Used, I used to read about how he was a genius and we don't understand the way he thinks. And that has become clearly apparent that the man is a moron. He has no idea what he's doing. He bumbles. He's been successful his whole life only because he has so much money that he can fail successfully. I Being a normal human being, if I lost as much money as he did on any venture, it would ruin my life, it would be over. But he had backup money, he had millions of dollars from his family, he had millions of dollars in the bank, so if he failed, he just had to reinvest and he could basically make all that money back. It's also one of the weirdest flexes I've seen, that the president's hair color indicates the quality of the man himself. I could have lustrous, I don't. I could have lustrous, beautiful, dark hair. I am a balding ginger, by the way. That would not make me a better president than someone with worse hair. Because the thing that people need to remember is that the presidency, at its core, is an intellectual and diplomatic endeavor. So you can be disgusting, but if you're diplomatic and capable of working with other people and making things happen, you could be a good president. But these seem to be a really common set or style of question on Quora where the bias is so apparent in the question, it's almost not even worth answering because it's so clear that what the person who's trying to do is trying to get at that it's almost a laugh that they never actually got there. I've realized that a lot of questions on Quora are a lot like Jeopardy where they have to be asked in a form of a question, but you're really making a statement and then seeing if other people will agree with you. Although there are the cases where maybe someone else comes up with a better argument for your thesis, and I assume really the goal there would be to collect all those so that you can use them in arguments in the future. But I can guarantee that the president's hair color isn't going to get you that far in any real significant argument. Last week, I posted my faux Nike inspirational message. And it was about how you don't give up or you don't lose until you give up. And that's something that I had been told uh, when I was struggling myself. So I thought, no, okay, it's a fair answer. It's something I've talked about. If you never give up, you don't actually fail. Sort of the basic philosophical message. Nice t-shirt, whatever. Then someone sent a message and it's clearly one of these sort of um, cringy incel guys that I've made fun of several times in the past. And he says, what about never giving up on a girl? Who doesn't want to actually be with you. And that's the problem. It's these guys who go after a girl and go after a girl again and again and again, and they don't show interest. They're not interested in the guy and they don't give up. And it gets creepy to the point where it's now a stalker or something. We're going to take this, since it's a hypothetical, to an extreme. And, and she just absolutely despises your existence by the end of this. Let's just leave it there. But that implies that your perseverance is enough to be successful in the situation, which means you're not really understanding the situation problem because you don't have to work on the not giving up on the pursuit of the target in this case because that's actually irrelevant to the equation. Where you would need to focus your attention is what do you have to work on to be attractive, which I would bet is the more difficult task in this scenario. So you can do romantic gestures or things that you think are romantic. You can show your support and be there for her in any number of ways. But if the overtones are not accepted, they're not accepted because she doesn't find you attractive. So what you have to do is then make yourself attractive. And there are a couple of problems. Maybe making yourself attractive is the thing you don't wanna do because that's actually harder than watching a romantic movie and copying the gesture and doing it for the girl. Or just always trying to be there and always sending her messages and doing all these kind of things that are supposed to be demonstrations of affection, but they aren't taken that way because she doesn't find you attractive. So the first thing would be to find out what she finds attractive and then become that thing, if this is your ultimate goal. But you see, I think a lot of these people have decided that the work needs to be done on an external source and not an internal source. And that is where the problem is. The problem isn't your work ethic towards someone else. The problem is you haven't worked on yourself in such a way that you've become attractive to those kind of people. And then you have to think about the word we use, attractive. It's really simple. Attractive actually means they come to you. So if you're pursuing someone and they don't like it, you've actually just done it wrong from the start because you shouldn't really have to pursue to any great degree for success in this scenario. You need to work on yourself, so if you're not healthy, you have to make yourself healthy enough to be physically attractive to the opposite sex. If you dress like a slob like I do, maybe you gotta start dressing up a little more. Maybe you have terrible skin, you have to start paying attention to your skin. Uh, Maybe your style doesn't match what they find attractive then honestly you would have to change your style, but all of those things are focused on you, which is usually not what people wanna focus on. They wanna blame something else, they wanna think, I'm fine, I'm good, it's the external that's the problem, and that can't be changed, so now I can give up. If you put The same amount of work that you're putting into chasing the other person, if you take all that effort and put it into yourself, making yourself a better person, more interesting, more intellectually stimulating, know how to talk to other people, know how to be funny, know how to to relate to people you've just met, take care of your body, take care of your physical appearance, then I can guarantee you will become more attractive over time. There are certain things that maybe you can't overcome, but you can supplement them with other things. Because I'm certainly not perfect but I have always had a fairly solid record with my experiences with women, because that is my preferred demographic that I would try to be attractive to. But I would say, because I'm friendly and relatively funny when you talk to me in a social situation, and certainly I think I can guarantee that the one thing I can say is I put women at ease. They don't feel like I'm being creepy. They don't feel like I'm going over. Actually, that's probably happened, but okay, I've taken care of that aspect. I've gone too far at times in my life. I haven't shown myself enough self-respect. That doesn't happen anymore, so women generally are at ease in my presence. That makes me attractive to them, because often they're doing a comparative. They're saying, oh, here's guy A and here's guy B, and guy A makes me feel comfortable and he's friendly, and guy B doesn't. So even if they're at the same attractiveness level externally, guy A, who makes me feel comfortable, is going to be more attractive. And that's the person who's worked more on themselves than they have on blaming the world at large. And that can be said for almost anything. If you are not achieving successes in your life and you are blaming external sources, probably the actual issue is that you need to work on yourself in some way. A ton of the Quora questions I've done over the time since I started picking up that as a segment we're actually addressing primarily you don't seem to see the problem and the problem is you. That can be an answer to most people's problems is that they're always trying to focus on blaming something or someone else than actually taking responsibility, blaming themselves, and then actually trying to fix that problem. So I have recently just completed the game Lego City Undercover. And you might go, why are you playing a kid's game? And I play a kid's game because it's really fun and relaxing and there's no tension. And it's actually very zen because you spend most of your time just running around collecting little Lego bits and solving very simple puzzles, which are surprisingly difficult if you're not in the right frame of mind. But I enjoy a Lego game, so I'm not going to back down from that. I'm going to take a stand and say, the world can know this about me. I enjoy a Lego game. There is an interesting question though. So you know, probably have heard of the game Minecraft and if you've never even played it, you probably have a concept of what it is. It's that popular in the world. The game is basically designed to be an open world building game. You go and you build houses, you build buildings, you build contraptions, you build lots of things. People have done some amazing things in Minecraft. And there is a question as to why Lego didn't do that first. Now, why do you not have a Lego building open world game? So you go into the world, there's lots of Lego, you collect Lego, you make things with your Lego, exactly the same as Minecraft, only with Lego, which is inherently better because it's Lego. There is a very interesting problem because they were trying to do this. They were trying to make a game where you could go in and build whatever you want. The first problem that they ran into is a whole bunch of people started making penises. So when people were allowed to do whatever they wanted in a Lego world, the first thing they did was build a giant Lego penis. Uh, There were phallic symbols everywhere is the short version of that story. So because of the incredibly strong family brand that Lego was trying to maintain, they can't really allow people to make penises all over its game. And if they wanna make a truly open world game with maybe players interacting with each other, they can't have some kid come into some penis world five minutes later after they've logged on, they did an interesting thing. They tried to make a dick detector. So they tried to make a program that could go through the world and detect whether or not you had made a penis in your game. I don't know if that was going to allow the dick detector to take control over your game and dismantle the penis you had built, perhaps make it flaccid, the problem really more than anything else is the dick detector could not get good enough at detecting dicks. So you have someone who's made a very simple penis, one that's, let's just say, standing up, it's about 5, 10 feet tall. That it could detect, but let's say I make a long flat building and I make it in the shape of a large penis. That would be more difficult to detect unless you were flying overhead or something like that. Or let's say I make a giant penis underground, a cave that turns into a penis, or I actually make a mountain that's penis shaped, or I dig out a lake or a river that ends up being penis shaped. There were just too many variables to the penis for the dick detector to be able to detect the dicks. They basically found that since they couldn't control it enough, since they couldn't limit people's ability to create dicks everywhere they went, they wouldn't really be able to make the open world game that ended up being Minecraft. And so what we have now is primarily Lego games. They're tightly controlled games that are tied directly to property. So you get like Batman, The Avengers, Harry Potter. These are all Lego games in the world now. The reason Minecraft can be Minecraft is because it is not technically a family brand at all. It is just a video game. It is clearly targeted towards kids, but within the world, they have never said that this is a place where you will not run into a dick. So people are free to make as many dicks as they want, and you have lots of adults who have probably made full dick worlds, but the company behind Minecraft never had to worry about controlling that situation because... That would be left to the parents. So you're letting your kid play Minecraft. You want to let them play on the internet. you got to understand what the internet is. There are dicks everywhere you go. There's dicks out there. We don't have a dick detector. The only dick detector in this game is you and your sensibilities. So if you let your kid go off on their own, they're going to run into dicks. And that's something you got to be aware of as a parent. So if there are any new parents listening to this podcast... You are the dick detector. Your kid doesn't have a dick detector on them yet. There are no companies that are making any viable dick detectors for you. You have to realize that deep in your own heart, that is the only dick detector you can trust. The loss of podcast. The loss of podcast Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. Now, I don't know if that was going to allow the dick detector. Dick detector.